Hi there, this is Jacob Msipa, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. Uh, last week we started our new theme. And our new theme is oneness. Oneness. Somebody say oneness. oneness. Come on, somebody say oneness. oneness. We, we did well last week uh, by reading uh, uh, Ephesians chapter number 4. In verse number four, where it says there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope uh, of your calling by one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. And therefore, that's where we get our theme for the month, that God really, really wants us to be one. We went on to talk about the one body that we are, or that we are supposed to be. And we said that there is one body with many members. So in other words, we are one body, but we, are, we belong to one body, but we are many members. And I'm sure Mfundisi did well in uh, also talking about the fact that we need to have unity in the house of the Lord. Somebody say amen. amen. That uh, it is only where there is unity that then God will bestow the blessing. In fact, when I was preaching in Dalmas, I said to them that uh, the, the blessing has already been commanded. So that is the, the cheapest way for you to access the blessing that is already there, not the one that you will have to go and uh, sweat for, but the access to a blessing that is already there. It is just for you to embrace unity. Hallelujah. So that's how then the blessing from the head, which is Christ, will flow easily and it will not be short-circuited if we are people of unity. And so okay, in line with our theme, which is oneness, this morning we are teaching uh, on the subject which we have called, uh, we are called to fellowship. Somebody say called to fellowship. Come on, somebody say called to, called to fellowship. Yes, we are indeed called to fellowship. Turn with me to the book of Acts chapter number 2. We are going to read verse number 42. Acts chapter number 2, verse number 42. The Bible says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They devoted themselves. So in other words, they did not wait for somebody else to devote them. In other words, this matter of devotion was a great deal to them in such a way that they did not outsource it. It was of great importance, such that they did not outsource, outsource it to their neighbors. They did not outsource it to their spouses. Have you ever seen somebody who says, my wife is very devoted to the Lord and therefore I don't have to? My husband is very devoted to the Lord and therefore even if I don't do much, it will be okay. But look at what we are learning from the early church, the church in the book of Acts. The Bible says they devoted themselves, which means each and every one of them took the devotion 
subject very seriously and they took it upon themselves to say, I am going to make it my own project. I'm not going to outsource it, but I'm going to make it my own project to devote myself to the teachings of the apostle, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. But this morning, we are zeroing in on fellowship, to devote yourself to fellowship. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, why do we come to church? Why do we come to church the primary reason why we come to church is for us to experience God. That is the primary reason why we come to church. It is for us to experience God through these three important things. Number one, we come to church to experience God through worship. We come to church to experience God through worship and when we talk about worship, we are talking about what includes singing. Because in most cases, when we talk about worship, we say to ourselves that it is just about singing. But it is not limited to singing. But when we, when we, um, when we come to church and we worship, it includes singing, but it is not limited to singing. It also it is also talking about giving because even our giving is worship unto the Lord. So we come to church to worship and we come to church for the word, to experience the word of God, which is the double-edged sword, which is what will cause us to be able to, to be sustained in the journey that we have embarked on with God. Somebody say amen. amen. We also come to church to experience the fellowship, the fellowship with the saints. That's the reason why we come to church. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, uh, we are called to fellowship. We are all called to fellowship. As the children of God, we are called to fellowship. We are called to fellowship firstly with God. And we are also called to fellowship with one another as believers. So the fellowship that is required of us is the fellowship with God and also the fellowship with one another as believers. So we fellowship with God we don't just fellowship with God as we please, but we fellowship with God in totality because God is a triune. God, the Bible says that God is the Godhead, which means he is three in one. God in three persons. The Bible says blessed trinity. So it is a trinity. It does not mean that God is divided into three. When we talk about the triune, when we talk about the Godhead, we talk about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It does not mean that they are separated. However, there is one God who manifests himself in three ways. He manifests himself as God the Father, as God the Son, and as God the Holy Spirit. So what does that mean? It means that God the Father does not uh, uh, have to even maybe say to us that he is the one who is superior. All three of the Godhead are superior. God the Father is God. 
God the Son is God. God the Holy Spirit is God. That is why when we worship, we can worship God the Father, we can worship God the Son, we can worship God the Holy Spirit without being blasphemous to, to what the God that we profess. Because he is still the same God, it's just that he is able to manifest himself in three persons. He is able to manifest himself as a father, as the son, and as the Holy Spirit. So when we fellowship with God, as I said that, we need to fellowship with God, and we also need to fellowship with one another. So when we fellowship with God, we need to fellowship with God in his totality. As God the Father, as God the Son, and as God the Holy Spirit. Listen to what the Bible says in the book of Philippians, chapter number 1, verse number Number three to five, it says, I thank my God upon every remembrance, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day. So why is, uh, is the writer here making mention of, uh, of these saints? He is making mention of these saints because he is remembering how they fellowshiped with one another and how they fellowshiped with God. Somebody say amen. So in other words, the fellowship that they did was so, it was so remarkable in such a way that when he was praying, he was then mentioning because he was remembering how much they were devoted in fellowship with God and with others. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, we need to fellowship with the Father. We need to be people of fellowship with the Father. Because God loves fellowship. He wants to fellowship with his sons and daughters. God wants to fellowship with those that he loves. Remember in the book uh, of Genesis, you will remember that God loved Adam and Eve, his creation, so much in such a way that he was able to even go and see them. Somebody might say, he came when they have sinned. I believe that he used to come and fellowship with them every day. That is why they knew his steps. Because the Bible says after they have sinned, then when they, and after dawn, when they heard the footsteps, when they heard his steps coming, then they hid themselves because they had sinned. If they were not in fellowship with him, in constant fellowship with him, how were they going to know his steps? So now they were in fellowship with him in such a way that they ended up knowing how he walks. They were able to hear him from afar and they said to one another, let us hide ourselves. How did they know that what they have done was going to temper with the fellowship if they did not know how it felt like to fellowship with him? I want to believe that Adam and Eve were so, in so much fellowship with God in such a way that they knew him from afar. Can we say that about ourselves to say we know God when we see God? Even if it's from afar, we know that that is God. 
whether we agree with it or we don't, but we know him well enough to say that is God. And we know him well enough to say that is not God. Maybe that's the reason why we are tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Maybe it is because we have not fellowshiped enough with him. We do not know him enough even if he is far from us. Even if he is coming from afar. Fellowship with him will help us to know him. Will help us to know how he conducts himself. Fellowship with him will help us to know how he does things. So that then we are not going to be tossed to and fro. Because we have fellowshiped with him long enough and hard enough and deep enough. To know how he speaks. To know how he feels. To know how to separate the emotions of man from God himself. Because sometimes we mistaken God for eloquence. We mistaken God for noise. But my Bible says there was thunder and there was lightning. It says there was an earthquake, but he was not there. So not, it, it is not always that when there is thunder and there is lightning and there is razzmatazz, that God is there. But then the Bible says a thin, small voice. He did not come through all of those razzmatazz, but he came through a thin, small voice. And the Bible says you will hear a voice behind you saying this. Walk in it. But it requires fellowship. That's how you will know him. Fellowship with him. And then also the Bible says in the book of James, chapter number four, verse number eight, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. God loves fellowship. God wants to draw near to you. But he is asking that please draw near to me because I cannot force myself on you. I cannot force myself into your business. I cannot force myself into your, your marriage. I cannot force myself into your academics. But if you draw near to me, I guarantee you I will draw near to you. Because as God, I love fellowship with you. I love spending time with you. As God, I want you to know me because I already know you. But I want you to know me. Somebody say amen. amen. So we said that we need to fellowship with God in totality. So we also need to fellowship with God as the son. We need to fellowship with God the son. It is in fellowship that we learn his voice. It is in fellowship that we can make out and discern a voice within the voice. That even when it is me speaking, but once you have fellowship enough with the son, you will know when the son is speaking. Amen. That even if you have your own voice, I don't know if you have heard people say, I need to find my voice. Yeah. All right, come on. Yeah. Are you here? Yeah. Have you ever heard of that statement? I need to find my voice. Or I have found my voice. 
Like maybe when a person is changing and switching up all of a sudden, and then we ask, what has happened to you? Then they say, no, 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 it's just that I have found my voice. But let me show you something this morning, that sometimes in finding your voice, you can, get, you can go astray. Because not everything that you say to yourself is true. The voice that you need to know, that I urge you to know, through fellowship, it is the voice of the Son, who is the Word, which means that you should be full of the Word in such a way that you know the voice. How do I know the voice? I know the voice through the Scriptures. That's how he speaks because he is the word. The Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Come, come on somebody say amen. amen. That is Jesus for you, the son of the living God. He is the word incarnate. He is the word who became flesh. He is the word who became a man and came down to die for us at the cross of Calvary. Why did he become a man? He became a man so that he can be able to even have fellowship with us and know what we are going through. And understand what we are going through. The Bible says we do not have a high priest who does not know what we are going through because he himself came down and went through and became flesh and became man and went through exactly the challenges that we are all going through amen. somebody say amen. amen so now we need to know the voice and if the voice of the son which is the word is louder in your in your life you will never go astray some of us, our voices are louder than the voice of Jesus Christ. Some of us, the voices of our uh, troubles and tribulations are louder than the voice of Jesus Christ. What does the word say about what you are going through? What does the word say about what you are faced with? What does the word say about your challenges? What does the word say about that problem that you are faced with? What is the voice of God? I want to submit to you this morning that God has a voice and his voice is his son. His son is his word. And in his word, even if the devil can bring about any other thing, if it is not written, then I will not accept it because I understand the voice. I am acquainted with the voice, which is the word. And when I have heard what the word says, when I have heard what the what, what Jesus as the word promises me in his word, I am not going to be afraid. Amen. I'm not going to be shaken. That's our advantage. And our advantage is that no matter what voices are becoming louder and louder, even if the economic meltdown is trying to become louder, we are going to shout even louder through the word, which is Jesus Christ himself. We are going to go into the word and look for the voice of God so that this voice can be louder than the voice of economic meltdown. And we are going to shout even harder. We are going to shout even louder and say this is what God says about me and whatever it is that is happening around me must shut up and sit down louder louder 
Louder than the voice of anxiety. Louder than the voice of depression. Louder than the voice that says you are going to amount to nothing. Louder than the voice that, is, that keeps on telling you that your marriage is going to amount to nothing. Louder than the voice that says you will never have children. Louder than the voice that says you will die like this. Louder than the voice that says you will never make it in life. Louder than the voice that says your dreams are invalid. Louder than the voice that keeps on saying to you that things are not going to work out for you. Louder the voice of the Son of Jesus Christ. If we fellowship with Him in long enough, if we fellowship with Him deep enough, if we fellowship with Him, we will understand His voice and His voice will become louder and louder and louder. When the enemy tries to whisper to us at night, the voice is louder. When the enemy tries to tell us otherwise, the voice is louder. When things are not going our way, the voice is louder. When the enemy comes in like a flood, louder, louder. The Spirit of the Lord raises up the standard. He raises it up by the word, by the word, the word, Christ Jesus himself. But it will take us to take serious fellowship with him because the voice of the word which is Jesus Christ will never get louder in our lives unless we fellowship with him we will not we will not know what he has to say with our situations unless we know his voice he says my sheep knows my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow the voice of a stranger they will not follow the voice of a stranger they will not follow the voice that says something that is contrary to what the word of God has proclaimed we will be confident if we know the voice we will laugh in front of troubles if we know the voice. When everyone else is crying, we will be laughing. And they will think that you are laughing because you have some plan somewhere. But you have the voice that keeps on talking to you. Ah, one day, the, the, the man who was called John the Baptist, they asked him, are you Elijah? And he says, no, he said, no, I am not. But I am the voice crying in the wilderness, preparing the way of the Lord. The person who knew how powerful a voice is. He said, I'm the voice. They could tell that there's something special about him. But he was not Elijah. And he was the voice. He was the voice. That's how powerful the voice is. If the enemy wants to deal with you, he will shut your voice. He will shut your voice. He will shut, he will shut the voice of God in your life. He will shut the voice of your spirit in the inside of you. He will shut your voice so that you don't talk. Listen, have you ever... Basalan, have you realized that when people are suffering from depression... The first thing that they do is they don't want to talk. Yeah. 
can we talk about it? I don't want to talk. Yeah. Do you want us to have coffee and so that you can tell us how you feel? So that you can have an outlet? I don't want to talk. Sometimes they don't even want to talk to their own families in terms of generally can she? Not even maybe about what they are going through. It is because the enemy knows that there is power in the voice. That is why your voice must always be underguarded by the voice of God. Even when, let me talk to those who are leaders here. Because I know there are leaders of industries sitting down here listening to me this Sunday morning. Listen, your voice will be more powerful if it is underguarded with the voice of the word, which is Jesus himself. Acquaint yourself with the voice of Jesus, which is the word of God, so that then when when you go and and when you go to lead people in your workplace, in your space of influence, you have already been influenced by the greatest influencer. Ah, the greatest. the greatest influencers are not for vlog. Uh, you've been saved for a long time. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Verve. Verve. Yellow label. Yellow label. We are as They are influencers of those things. And many of us, many of us, even if you don't really like, I, this is not my, the title of my message. This is not the title of my message. There are influencers that even if you don't really like it, ah, even if you don't really like it, even if you don't, you have nothing to do with it. Yeah. In fact, your mother even taught you to say, if you want to become anything great, stay away. Yeah. But the influence happened. Yeah. The influence happened. The influence happened. Now, if you think those people are the greatest influencers, try the word. Try the voice of Jesus Christ to be the greatest influencer. Go there. And say things that are in the word without them knowing it's in the word. Let me let, crack the code of greatness. It, it works across industries. Anywhere. Anywhere. When we were burying my father in 2012, my brother whom I just walk in after the service because it's Mother's Day and his mother is around here in Hillcrest. So, who professed not to be interested in anything God? When our father passed away, he said, you know, there's a quote that says, a good man lives an inheritance for his children. 
and his children's children. No, like, oh, that's a verse. That's not, that's not it. No, it's a statement. No, it's not a statement. It's a verse. The influencer. That influences even those who don't profess him. The influencer. That influences even those who say they don't like him. Even those who say they will never follow him. But because of what is inherent in the word. Because of what is inherent. The power that is inherent in the voice of Jesus Christ, which is the word of God. Go there. Know this voice. He will talk to you in the boardroom. You don't have to be spooky. You don't have to be spooky and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. No, no, no. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't pull my lap. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't say in the boardroom, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're going to be spooky and people are not going to listen to you. Just go there with boldness, having professed the word of the Lord in the morning while you are driving to, the, to your workplace in the car. And you go and you go, Shandaya, Ilabasaya, Ikandeya, Shesata, Rasataya, I am the head, I am not the tail, I'm above only, I am not beneath. Today I am anointed for everything that I am called to do. Today every devil is under my feet. Whatever that the enemy has put in the door of my office, I declare that it is under my feet. I declare that it belongs under my feet. I'm above. And when you get there, hello everybody. How was your weekend? How are you doing? Are you okay? Are you okay? All right, let's get into it. Ippies! 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 And because you are acquainted with this word, you are acquainted with this voice, you will hear a thin, small voice, no razzmatazz. You will hear a thin, small voice saying, not this one. Don't give this task to this one. No, 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 don't trust that one. No, 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 that one will do it better. No, 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 that one is busy trying to sabotage you. No, the voice! And then you say, no, I think you are very much under pressure. I've given you too much work. And therefore, this project, I think, let's rather give it to because we know that all of you around the, the table are well capable of doing a great job. However, I can tell that I've overworked you. Even though you qualify for this uh, 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 project, however, I feel like, let me not overwork you so that you can perform at your maximum. And Sindisiwe does not have much on her plate. Even if Sindisiwe has much on her plate, Sindisiwe will know after. It's not about their plate. It's the voice. 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 Yes. Yes. It's time we take the voice everywhere we go. That's our advantage. Take the voice. Of, the problem is that we want to have the voice everywhere. Let me not. <laughs> Listen. 
Where you, the right way you are called to. Jesus is interested. Very, very interested. And he wants to be a big part of what you are doing. You is cutting. And then we need to fellowship with him as the Holy Spirit. Because fellowship precedes partnership. Fellowship precedes partnership. If you want the Holy Spirit to partner with you, be it in your marriage, be it in your business, be it in your career, be it in your own personal life, the struggles that you have, the internal struggles that you have. If you want the Holy Spirit to play a big part and partner with you to help you through so that you can navigate through life, navigate through your calling, you need to fellowship with him. He cannot partner with you unless you have fellowship with him. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit is key for us to be able to win in life. There's no partnership without fellowship. There's no way that you can say, my partner is my partner, unless there's fellowship. You can't just randomly pick anybody out there and say they are my partner. There must be fellowship so that then you can claim that they are your partner and they also agree to the fact that they are your partner. Same with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I'm joking. So the Holy Spirit is a person and he can be grieved. So if you ignore your partner and then you see them not serving you the way they usually serve you, probably the chances are you've neglected the fellowship part. So same with the Holy Spirit. It's a teaching for another day, but he is a person. He can be grieved in such a way that when you come and you claim for him to teach you something, you, you want him to help you with something, and yet he does not know your fellowship, he will be grieved. And hence, he will not be able to help you the way he should help you. Somebody say amen. amen. Fellowship will give us access to the gift and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Some of us are struggling with quite a lot of things. Maybe anger, bitterness, and all of those things. But if we can tap into the gifts and tap into the fruit of the Holy Spirit, we can become better people without paying a cent, without even going for therapy. You can become better to yourself. You can become better to your spouse. You can become better to your children. You can become a better person all around. Why? Because you have fellowship with the Holy Spirit who is able to even impart his gifts on you. I don't know about you, but I would never just impart and, and just give out and dish out all of my gifts and uh, with all of my heart just to a stranger. I will want to weigh our relationship 
Am I not wasting my resources? Fellowship with the Holy Spirit will help us to have access to his gift, will help us to have access to the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We find ourselves at peace. Why? Because we fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We'll find ourselves with long-suffering. Why? We fellowship with the Holy Spirit. But we need to make sure that when we want him to teach us things, then we have also fellowship with him. Somebody say amen. amen. And when we fellowship with him, we will then know that he can be able to teach us all things. That's what the Bible says. It says he will teach us all things pertaining to life and godliness. So he does not ignore the fact that we are still here on earth. But because he is all-knowing, he can even teach us things that we are supposed to know for here on earth. Somebody say amen. And then also he will teach us things pertaining to godliness, which means how do I walk with God? How do I become a child of God the way God wants me to? How do I navigate through my relationship with God? How do I grow in my relationship with God? The Holy Spirit is the go-to person, but we need to fellowship with him. He can teach us how to do marriage. He can teach us how to live godly lives. The Bible calls him a standby, which means he is our very present help, even in time of trouble. He is a standby. In other words, he is there just with you all the time. If you fellowship with him, he goes with you everywhere you go in such a way that when you have been placed before people and you do not know what to say, he can give you he, because he is standing by. A standby is someone who is right next to you to jump in whenever he is needed. Those who are doctors, I believe that Dr. Norma can attest to the fact that uh, I, I think she's there. Uh, uh, she can attest after the service. I saw her husband, so I assume she's in the mother's room. Ben Fulton. Stand by. Come on now. Stand by. Sometimes he is on standby. Thank you for being my standby. Sometimes she's on standby. She's waiting for a call. And she can't go further than a certain radius. If you say, no, let's go to a gateway. I can't because I am on standby. So the hospital can need me anytime. And I must respond and it must be quick. I'm not sure she can tell us if maybe they are given a certain period of time for them to get to the hospital. Because she is on standby. Same with the Holy Spirit. When the Bible says he is our standby, it means he is ready for action anytime we need him. But it takes fellowship. So that when you need him at school, he is there. When you need him in your workplace, he is there. When you need him at church, he is there. When you need him in your marriage, he is there. When you need him in your life, he is there. He is our standby. Ready to jump in. Not just jump in and look pretty. Jump in to action. And do something about your situation. And do something. And the nice thing is that this standby is all powerful. This standby is not like our lovely doctors. No, no. The Holy Spirit is not like the doctors that sometimes even though they are on standby, they can just try everything that they can. 
And then after that, I've tried everything I can. I've exhausted everything I know how, unfortunately. She is gone. The Holy Spirit, as our standby, he is omniscient. He is all-powerful. He is omnipresent. When he is busy jumping in for them, when is he jumping in for them gangas? When he is busy jump, jumping in for them, he's jumping in for the masangos. When he is busy jumping in for them sippers, he's jumping in for the Jaminis. He's jumping in for each and every one of us because he can be anywhere, anytime. The key is fellowship. Fellowship. Fellowship with him. Don't be the kind of a, of, of a person who does not care about fellowship. Fellowship with God. The very present help in times of troubles. Fellowship with him at all times. And then we said we need to fellowship with one another. It is also key that we fellowship with the believers. We fellowship with all the believers in the name of Jesus Christ. When God brings about new believers, and we receive them. We need to give them the right hand of fellowship. Let us not be too holy to fellowship with new believers. Let us not be too high and mighty to fellowship with the new believers. Let us not be too spiritual to fellowship with the new believers. When God brings about new believers in our midst, we need to take, a, take out our hand and take them by the hand and say, this journey is workable. This journey is beautiful. The God that we serve is gracious. You can be able to grow and help them grow to at least where you are. At least where you are. To at least where you are. That's why then we also need to grow. So that when God entrusts those who are coming to him as new believers, we are able to take them by the hand and walk this journey with them. We are able to be trusted by God with the new believers. Listen to what the Bible says in the book of Galatians, chapter number 2, verse number 9. It says, and when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, last week he spoke about pillars here in Hillcrest. He said, um, to be pillars perceived the grace that has been given to me. They gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. They were able to take care of the greatest apostle ever. He became greater than them even. But they extended the hand of fellowship to him. So that then he can be able to achieve that which God wants him to achieve. So that maybe sometimes when God saves a person and he brings them next to you, you don't know what they will become. And it is important that we all are ready to give a hand of fellowship so that they can know that God loves them. No matter where they come from. No matter who they are. 
No matter what they have done, they are believers who are so holy in the church in such a way that when we try to extend the hand of fellowship to new believers, they tell us what they have done. We don't care about where they come from. We don't care about what they have done. We care about the blood that we know is able to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All of them, not half. All of them, not a quarter. All of them, not just a bit, but all of unrighteousness. So why do we then call people by the names of where they come from before the blood? Let us extend the hand of fellowship. If there were no three sisters, back in the days at KCC called Mushe D and Zonke, who is now late, I don't think I would have stood to become what God had called me to be. I did not know what I was called for. They did not know. But when I got saved, they extended the hand of fellowship. They did not have to know. They did not have to go into a research cafe. Who would say this one? What kind? They, the, the Bible says it is because of redemption. We are all equal because of redemption. So whether you've been saved 27 years or 27 minutes, levels the ground. All that I need to do is to tell you about my 27 years so that you don't fall where I fell. So that you reach where I reached even faster than I did. Extending the hand of fellowship. But some of us are very, very holy. We group ourselves according to our holiness. In such a way that those who are still stumbling here and there, we don't want to extend the hand of fellowship. The Bible says here in the book of Galatians, written by Paul, the greatest, greatest apostle, he says they extended the hand of fellowship for me when I first believed. Do you choose who do you extend the hand of fellowship to? Please don't. Because you don't know what God has in store with those people. I did not finish my notes, but let's stand. We are going. Fellowship with God. Fellowship with one another. Fellowship with one another. Because we are in this together. Maybe Mfundis will finish for you next week. I don't know, but just to wrap it up and then we are going to pray. We are in this together. God is trusting me. God is trusting you. God is depending on me. God is depending on you. This church, our church, our beloved church, Hillcrest Campus is growing. God is bringing and adding daily those who are being saved. Let us extend the hand of fellowship. Amen. You don't know what that person will become. Don't even look at what they have done. Look at them according to the blood of Jesus, which is the one that has redeemed us. The blood of Jesus Christ levels the ground. That is why we are saved by those that we wouldn't even come close to if we were not in the church and equalized by the blood. Maybe you are sitting next to a person whom you can't even really speak to. 
you will have to go through about five or six offices before you can be able to have a word with them. Maybe even someone can say, say it to me and then I will pass it on. But here, church, by reason of the blood, the ground has been leveled in such a way that you don't even know who you are talking to. You don't even know who you are shaking hands with. You don't even know who you are dancing with. You don't even know who is the person seated next to you. When I say turn to your neighbor and say, hey neighbor, you are saying to a person who can actually pay your salary. Yeah. Yeah. Levels the ground. The blood of Jesus Christ. It levels the ground. It levels the ground. It is us who have classified people. But the blood does not classify anyone. The blood does not discriminate against anyone. The blood of Jesus, the true blood. That's the reason why. That's tenderzy. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We adore you. We magnify you forever. Thank you, Jesus, for revealing to us this morning the importance of fellowship. Thank you that, oh, Father, we are deciding this morning as your children that we are going to prioritize fellowship with you. We are going to prioritize, my God, in the name of Jesus, devote, we are going to devote ourselves to fellowship with you, with you as our Father, with you, Jesus Christ, as the Word that has, which has become flesh, as the Word of God. We are going to fellowship with you, Spirit of the living God. We are going to fellowship with you. We are going to be acquainted with your voice, acquainted with your steps, how you do things, how you walk, how you speak, who you are in the name of Jesus Christ so that we may not be led astray by any wind of doctrine. We will devote ourselves to the teachings of the apostles and we will devote ourselves to fellowship with the saints. We will fellowship with you, Spirit of the living God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Hi there, this is Jacob Msiba, the Senior Pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you.